When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Crumbs. 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 Like. Like bread like crumbs. What? Like bread crumbs. Like bread crumbs, okay. right? Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to Kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. This is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The Art of Charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. 
Welcome to The Art of Charm, I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best minds in the industry to teach you how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a curriculum. We want to empower people to crush the competition in life and create amazing lives for themselves by making tools available to everyone that were previously only known to high performers and we've created one of the premier lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some great content and free products and books that we don't or can't share on the show by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. This show is about you. We're here to help you become the best you can be in every area of your life. If you're new to the show but you want to know where to begin or find out more about what we teach here at the Art of Charm Live programs in Los Angeles, you can go to the website and we'll email you a starter kit of all the top shows here at The Art of Charm. We'll send you the fundamentals like body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, dating and attraction, business networking, negotiation, relationship management, public speaking, and more. Pretty much all the stuff we'd wish we'd learned and mastered years ago. We've got our live programs running every week here in Los Angeles, California. In fact, we've got guys from all over the world, which shows that no matter where you are, you can make it here if you want to learn and grow. Details on that at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp or give us a call, or you can even email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com. I read everything, and I'm looking forward to meeting you here at The Art of Charm. Today we're talking with my friend Marnie Batista. There's a lot of dating stuff for both guys and ladies in this episode. We're gonna talk about spotting terrible dating patterns and why we date people that are bad for us. Can a tiger really change its stripes when it comes to the people that we date? We're gonna talk about creating a structure around you to create better relationships and screening out the crazies or screening them in if that's what you're into. So enjoy this one with Marnie Batista. Tell me what you do in one sentence. Oh, <laughs> what I do in one sentence is I work with women who date the same guy with a different face over and over again and get really bad results to stop that and figure out why, and then find someone amazing to love. Excellent, and usually we do stuff that's geared towards men, but this is really, you know, we've been friends for a long time, and we have a ton of mutual friends, and they're always like, oh my gosh, it would be such a good fit. So I'm gonna do this because I'm interested in the psychology behind why people date the same person, and guys do this too, so pretty much anything that we talk about here, we can sort of flip around and, and, and flip on, on men, and if you have something specific that applies to guys, we can always sort of go there, but I think it's fascinating, because women complain about this a lot. Guys are less aware of this problem. It's not that guys do it less, right? It's that guys don't know they're doing it. I have a buddy, I won't mention his name, because he's sort of well-known, and he dates crazy chicks right. all the time. And there's guys listening right now who are also dating crazy chicks all the time, and he kinda goes, yeah, you know, she's like really fine, but you know, it's typical actress chick. And I'm like, well, why do you keep dating them? And he's like, well, they're hot. I'm like, there's there's a lot, one, you're shallow and, and you're, you know right. what you're getting, but two, there's a lot of beautiful women that are also hot that aren't insane and have like negative stereotypes of men and a bunch of baggage. You just choose them because you don't even know why. There's something else that's dramatic and damaged that you're attracted to. It's not just their body. There's there's a million women that are pretty. Not all of them are insane. The ones that you date, my friend, are crazy, right? Yes. So I want to dive into that because I think it's fascinating that people are consistently, well, they're consistently consistent, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> do, and how do you know about this stuff? Are you a former, do you, did you start off dating a bunch of crazy guys or I'm what? I'm a former crazy girl. I'm, a, I'm your former crazy ex-girlfriend. Great, <laughs> okay. You know what, and I literally like, since I was in my teens, I would always pick the edgy, slightly screwed up guy. Is he a drug addict? Eh, maybe, you know, like when you're younger, it's easier to sort of like be like they're acting their age. So I sort of dated the wrong guy since I was a teenager. I up leveled the suit, like the container got better, like better job, better educated, better potential. But still, there was just some element of slightly crazy, slightly effed up, slightly narcissistic, slightly broken. Right. That was like my wheelhouse. So, so he does cocaine instead of heroin. You're like, I'm moving up. It, yes. Right. Got it. When I got married, I actually, it's kind of interesting. And so maybe some of your listeners can relate to this. I almost like overcompensated. So my husband that I was married to for 17 years, he wasn't an alcoholic, but he was a um, child of an alcoholic, Right. So it's like the same patterns without the drinking. Like I was very ninja in like my dysfunction. 
but this guy looked great on paper. So I think the reason that it happened is because without getting to, you know, woo woo, I think that there is some sort of unresolved message, identity, need that we get when we're younger, for better or worse, that we totally own. And I think what happens is that we do it once and it's a mistake. We do it twice and it's a pattern. And then we collect evidence that we're it's true for us. I want to qualify the statement, well, I dated somebody who wasn't an alcoholic, but a child of an alcoholic, so I was really ninja in my dysfunction. Inherently, dating somebody whose parents are a little screwed up, I mean, would you agree that not all those people are dysfunctional? I mean, there's probably lots of children of alcoholics that are totally fine. They totally could be fine. I think what happens is that you sort of go through your life and you either have a bunch of crap that happens and you go, this sucks, I want to fix it, and you deal with it. Or you just go, this is the way it is. I always date crazy girls. My life is dramatic. You know, life is hard, you know, and you just are kind of like on the unconscious or the just this is the way life is path. And so you can have uh, messed up parents and totally date someone who's fine because they really are fine and you are fine or you just get used to a normal that's kind of crazy. My mom's brothers are all messed up even though the parents are mostly fine. And also my mom is like the most normal person in the world. So you can have dysfunction around you. It doesn't have to be contagious. A million percent. In fact, some people are like, I'm not being like them. You know, it's so deep, right? Like the fourth kid has a different experience being raised than the first kid. It's just totally different. But the bottom line is, I think that if you're looking at your pattern and you go, this sucks, I want to stop dating crazy women, or I want to start feeling confident, or why do I always date women that treat me like, you know, I'm an idiot, and you don't like it, you just have an opportunity to go, what can I do to change it? Oh, yeah. No, that that makes sense. Because I think a lot of guys do this. They go, yeah, well, shrug, she's crazy a little bit, but she's beautiful. And it's like, supposed to be acceptable for guys to date women that are really good looking but nuts. And I think it's the dumbest sort of bro pattern that we have because what happens is you end up in the relationship and you end up in that comfort zone and you program yourself that this is what dating and relationships are like and you can screw yourself up. People think, oh, I'm just dating her for a while, you know, it's a good, it's a fun ride. You're screwing yourself up. Would you agree with that? You're screwing up your programming. Oh my gosh, totally. You know, I, I um, actually coached um, men when I first started my business. So uh, I, I have a client and he was married to like the safe woman for like 30 years, like got married when he was young, you know, had the kids, all that kind of stuff. And then he did the like, okay, well, I get my do-over. I'm going to date the like hot, crazy woman, you know, girl, basically. Doing it backwards, dude. Yeah. Right, exactly. And um after that ride, because it was a ride of about 18 months, when he finally came to me, he was like, I am really confused. But I don't want that. I definitely don't want that. I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to be alone. And so, yeah, it totally, completely put him through the ringer. So, yeah, the hot versus annoying scale is, is something that I think, like, if you're looking for a quality long-term relationship, you want to address. Yeah, of course. And I think the thing is, people know that they are supposed to marry someone stable. But what I'm saying is, if you date enough unstable people, you view that as an, a norm in totally. relationships. And then you can meet somebody who's crazy, but slightly less crazy than the ridiculous, what was that, like fatal attraction chick that you just dumped? And you're like, oh, it's going to be great now because you have no basis for what an actual normal relationship is like. And of course, that's made worse if your parents didn't have one either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for the women that I work with, we call it relative charm factor. Nice. I love that, especially because you include the word charm. Yes. Yes. Right. Like, well, he's so much better than that guy, but he's, well, great. He's just got a job. Right. You know, right? So, um, no, like my new man, he's great. He, he only does one drug at a time. Or right. whatever, you know, or he doesn't start drinking till afternoon. So he's better than the last guy. Totally. It's definitely something that if you have any sort of pattern, it doesn't feel good. You know what it really is, Jordan? 
we get really good at coping and rationalizing. Yes. It becomes a default and it's a plateau. And so if you really want like the awesome, intimate, hot relationship with, you know, someone who fills your heart and your soul and you're attracted to, that's possible. But in order to do that, you might have to say no for the greater yes. What does that mean? And I think this is true for men and women. I call it man crack. And I'm sure you guys have chick crack. It's that like, oh, I just want to get that one last fix. I just want to get that one last thing. You know, I really should break up with her, but I feel kind of lonely right now. You know. Now back to the show. It's really hard to distance ourselves from the crack. It feels good. You know, it's creating that chemical reaction in our body like addiction. And so it's not easy, but it's really, really important that you have to just remind yourself, I'm saying no for now because I'm looking for something better. I'm looking for something less crazy. I'm looking for something that feels easy and fun. Can we really change our programming? Can can the tiger change his stripes in that way? Because it seems like you're holding off something that's really exciting to you because you're looking for something more stable. Is that not a recipe for disaster in some ways? So I think the tiger can definitely change the stripes if there's a desire to do it and that if the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of going for the unknown. It's like there's that quote, like insanity, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So that can cause a lot of pain. So I think for a lot of us men and women, you know, whether we wake up one day or we have that one last moment and you're like, oh my God, like I cannot do this again. Like I have to throw in the cards, so to speak, and like turn in my chips and figure out a different way to do it. And I think that if you are committed to that, it's totally possible. How did your pattern start? You said you you married an, uh, the child of alcoholic. Like what, were you dating? You were dating the crazy people before him anyway. Yeah, I mean, when I was in high school, I was taller than, you know, in middle school, even I was taller than any of the young men, you know, I looked like a woman, I was like 13, happened to go to a party or go to a sleepover with a friend middle school, right? Older brother, high school party, actually, I think they're in college, totally, we were like, Oh, let's drink some beers, met a guy 19, totally lied about my age, it literally started there. And I, he cheated on me. And you know, I just started putting up with what I call crumbs. Like breadcrumbs. Like breadcrumbs, okay. right? Like just when, you know, I felt like I was going to be over it or he was going to go away or it was going to get bad. He'd be like, oh, but you're the best thing I ever had. You know, I love you so much. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is really good. Yeah, he really does love me. Then he'd sort of go away. And it ended with my marriage. You know, I was just shooting a video about this, like out on my driveway, you know, on my knees, like begging my ex-husband, like, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. And that was my moment where I was like, oh my God, like you couldn't get any more desperate or humiliated than that. No, not doing that. And for me, I have three daughters. So I was like, if my kids turn out like me in this realm, I will shoot myself. Right. Yeah. I have failed as a parent if my kids emulate this pattern. Yeah, totally. So that was my why. That's why I was like, I don't care what it takes to change my stripes. I'm doing it. Wow. Jeez. Did you have to move after that? That's so humiliating. Um, no, you know what? It put me on the path of really realizing, again, this is sort of deep, but it was like my, I had the best parents, like Jewish Midwestern family. My dad was awesome and he traveled so much and he was barely home. And when he was home, he was awesome. I learned crumbs there. Oh, cause I was going to ask like, how is your parents' marriage? Like brace yourself for this train wreck, but it was fine. My mom died and they were married for 43 years. Like they had an amazing amazing relationship. But my dad worked a lot. He was like a workaholic. And when he was around, he was great, but he wasn't around all the time when I was growing up. And so that's what I thought like love was, is just like little bits at a time. And then you combined that with like the dysfunctional patterns that you learned early in your dating experience. Ta-da, you have Ta-da. a mess. Yeah, right. totally. People say my picker is broken. I just wasn't selecting wisely. So I figured it out. Did you know at the time, though, that you weren't selecting wisely? Because I feel like when your picker is broken, you got to be like, this guy's a freaking mess. Sign me up. But you still know it's a mess. Or are you like, no, this is a good idea. And I totally believe that. 
I think at the beginning, I had no idea. It wasn't until I started to like literally, and if any of your listeners are resonating for this, this is what I did. I made a list of all my boyfriends, you know, all the people that I had a relationship, even if it wasn't a real relationship, friends with benefits, consistent hookup partner, like whatever it was. And I, I made the list and I was like, well, oh my God, th- that guy did that. And I used to do that. Oh my God. And that guy, he totally did that. And I used to do that. And then it hit me and I was like, oh my God, I totally am attracted to the fixer upper guy. Even if emotional fixer upper guy, that was my thing. What does that mean? Emotional fixer upper guy. That means, um, he is wounded. He might have like the job and, you know, look good on the outside and on paper, but he's emotionally sort of broken. And so that was like my thing. Cause I was like, I'm going to be so awesome and important to him. Et cetera, that I'm going to fix him and heal him and make him happy. And I totally know men that do this with women. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, oh, she's and- a mess. I'm going to take care of her and be this stable thing in her life that like handles her shit. Right. Because if we don't have sort of, we have low self-worth, then fixing someone else, it, it makes us feel good. And then we also don't have to deal with ourselves. But we're like, it, it's how we get our like validation and, and self-worth and importance. Whoa, go back to that. Then we don't have to deal with ourselves because that's the root of it, right? Yeah, totally. If you're just so focused on screwing, you know, fixing up your screwed up crazy girlfriend and um, trying to find her a job and trying to tell her she's beautiful enough so that she finally believes it and, you know, trying to just do everything right and walking on eggshells, then that becomes your sole focus. And then you don't have to look at like, why am I doing this? Why am I having no boundaries? Why am I not being a man? Why am I not saying this is crap? You know, like, why am I not looking at the deeper issues so that I feel good about myself? And and that's why these relationships are inherently doomed. Because I'm sure some people are like, so what? Some people have dysfunctional lives, whatever, you know, who cares? But that's why these are doomed in so many ways. One, they make you just horribly, horribly unhappy. But two, the foundation of this relationship is that it's based on, I don't know if this is the right word, pathology, where you're like, I have the following complex of insecurities. And this cocktail of drama and other crap that's going on in my life that I'm not addressing really matches you well right now. A hundred percent. Those things evolve, right? A hundred percent. It's like, imagine two dysfunctional puzzle pieces out in the universe with a magnet like, oh, your drama and your crazy meets my drama and crazy. It's like, nee. and we think that that's chemistry and connection. Right, because it's dressed up like that. Yeah, right. Like, because here's the thing. Life is not a freaking romantic comedy. You know, it's not a lifetime movie. It's not, you know, it's just not. It's not that's not real. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, that's true. I don't watch Lifetime. I, that took a minute to sink in. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you're not like, Here's a total pop culture example, and maybe it's not a good one for your audience, but I don't know. Look at like Kourtney Kardashian and Scott Disick. Right. Like that guy is a freaking, well, he's a train wreck. He's like a functional alcoholic. They have three babies together. They're not getting married, but there's this thing that keeps them together. And so it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many resources you have. If you've got this thing and you don't sort of address it, it just becomes your normal. Back to the show. Ugh, yeah, exactly. And then how do you start to clean that up? Because people right now are listening and they're like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm screwed up. Next, <laughs> right, what do I do about it? That's a great question. Well, so um, the first thing to do, so let's pretend you make that list and you're like, wow, this is the pattern. This is what I'm choosing. The first question to look at is what do you really want? And I know that sounds so basic, but I just worked with a client, really high profile, really successful woman. And I was like, so what do you want? Like, why did you call me? And she was like, oh my God, like I called you and I want it, but I actually don't even know how to articulate it. I don't even know what it would look like in fact. So that's kind of deep actually. Like what would it really look like? What would the not crazy girl look like? Yeah. She doesn't even have a picture of that in her mind. Yeah. Because people say they want things, but they don't know, really. They just kind of know what they should want. So they're like, 
that's why the dating advice stuff doesn't work when it's like that, right? No, you just need to compliment my shoes and buy me flowers. It's like, well, okay, but every nice guy that you've friend zoned in your whole life has done that and you're not interested. And it's just kind of a lack of awareness. And I'm not saying like, oh, you're so stupid, you don't know what you want. I think we very rarely have any sort of basis to figure that out because every guy and every girl that you know at some point in their life was like, I want to be rich. And then either you get it or you grow out of it. But most people don't care about it either way. I'm so glad you brought this point up. So you know what it is that you want. And then you get to answer the question, well, if I want that or an idea of it, why has nothing else worked? Because I really want it. And so what I always do with clients is I say, so what is like the unconscious gain you get from staying the same? Your brain won't give you what you want because there's a bigger get from staying the same. What do you mean there's a bigger get by staying the same? Like, like staying in your comfort zone is easier than going after, I, I, I'll let you yeah, answer like the question. For women, I call it the comfy, cozy condo. For men, it might be like badass man cave. You know what I mean? It's like your man cave. Like, you know it, it's comfortable. You can like drink beer and, you know, have your bodily functions happening and you don't have to look good and you could just stay there. You know, like it's comfortable and it's safe. And so it's like, I don't have to compromise. I don't have to like actually go out and socialize. I don't have to try and talk to girls. I don't have to go date online. I don't have to like care about my profile. I don't have to spend money. I don't have to get over like my insecurities about how much money I make or my car. Like those things are actually more comfortable and more important. So even though we say we're trying to date or trying to get over our pattern or trying, that man cave, that like all that stuff that keeps us safe is way more attractive. Right, right. So how do we deprogram that? Because that's a scary thought. It's kind of like saying, I've done this and this is why I know it's real, right? I go, you know what? I'm just going to eat vegetables like for the next month. I could do it. If it's unhealthy, I'm just going to be like, no, and I'm going to eat vegetables. And then I'm really hungry and someone's like, hey, do you want these ribs? And I'm like, hell yeah, I want those ribs. And then I'm like, ah, oh. and then I ate all those things. And then afterwards, I'm like, I can't even make room for green beans. And then the next day, I'm like, all right, starting now, I'm going to eat all the only veg, right? You just do this over and over and over again. I haven't done that for a while because I'm more self-aware. But people <laughs> do that with food. They do it with the gym. They do it with every other habit and pattern. Why would relationships be any different? And how do we fix it? Well, I think one thing is, is we go back to that. It ha You have to know what you want. And that vision of what you want has to be so compelling. And the pain that you want to leave of like feeling so gross after the ribs, you know, your clothes not fitting, it has to be so bad that you're willing to be uncomfortable. And that's why for men, like doing boot camps, getting coaching, like listening to work like this and creating a community around you that like is committed, you know, like don't be the douchebag guy. Like, how am I going to be the awesome guy? And having structure and support and accountability. And then what's really cool is that if you go out and you get a positive reinforcement for that, it starts to psychologically create more confidence. Interesting, right? That makes sense because now you're starting to get positive reinforcement. And to use the food example again, it's like, all right, I'm setting up that structure. There's vegetables in the house, right? There that, that I actually like, that are maybe easy to cook, that can be prepared quickly, right? That are filling, et cetera. And so I make those and I eat those and a day or two goes by and I'm like, wow, these are, okay, I'm doing this. And now I realize, wow, okay, I can eat healthy stuff without being hungry and without feeling cranky and it's really not that hard. And then the snowball starts to roll down the hill where I get that I'm actually able to do it. Well, exactly. And I think with dating, there's so many resources for your listeners to get like a little bit of help and start to build that confidence one baby step at a time, whether it's like learning like how to understand women or getting help with your profile or figuring out, you know, to get good pictures, right? Instead of your selfie mirror shot. You know, one thing when I talk to men, I, I always want to make sure I say this because, you know, I work mostly with women. So I'm giving you like a right. big secret. You just have to be 10% better than 90% of the guys out there. And I'm not talking about how much money you make or your car or your six pack. You have to be 10% of a more amazing human than 90%
and you will be able to like, quote unquote, date out of your league, like women will totally notice you. And it's easy. It's like, call when you say you will. Instead of texting all the time, pick up the phone, like respond to the email, you know, just be an integrity. And, and a woman's like, oh my, like literally if you guys heard my women, they're like, oh my God, he actually called me back. The bar is low. The bar is yeah, low. Yeah, the saying. bar is so low. So it's easy to create that confidence if you get out of the man cave and just saying, you know what? Um, I tell people just do the opposite of what you normally would do and see what happens. Right. I think this is, that's really interesting because guys are always looking for sort of tips and tricks to do this. And they don't realize that like, this is the dating equivalent of making your bed in the morning. It's really simple. Call when you say you're going to call. Don't bury your head in the sand. Don't not make a plan and think like, I'll wing it and then sabotage yourself. And, you know, think just really simple stuff. That's why the advice, it's tough to sell for you, I'm sure, because guys are like, no, I, I did shave and I brushed my teeth. And it's like, well, yeah, you just have to do that consistently and also keep your word. And they're like, ah, that's so simple. It's not going to work. And so they don't bother with any of it. And it's so simple. And it's honestly, if you want to date a quality woman who's like mature, who's not looking for the sugar daddy, like if you want to date a smart woman, like you want to find the top 10% of the woman pool, be the top 10% in the guy pool. And like, it's going to be easy. You won't be with the bottom feeders. You'll be like swimming on the surface, like the bottleneck dolphins, like, and you'll be like, oh, and you'll just find each other. It's like amazing how it works like that. Bottlenose dolphins. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny because I know a lot of people right now are going, oh, well, this is for like middle-aged people. And there's some element to that, right? Because people have to have a level of experience where they go, oh, no more of that. And now it's hard to find normal guys because you're dating in your 30s and 40s, et cetera. I want to clarify this for younger folks as well the equivalent of this is basically the same stuff call people back be an integrity don't bury your head in the sand when you have some sort of obligation just doing stuff that would require you to be a grown-ass man a grown-ass man yeah you know what? i'm really glad you mentioned that because a couple of weeks ago i went to speak um at a really amazing sorority in at berkeley right so like and i walked in there 60 gorgeous, freaking smart, amazing women. Like I'm not talking nerdville. I'm talking beautiful women. And they're literally asking me the same questions that the 40 and 35 and 55 year old women. Right. Yeah. They're like, look, I'm down with the frat party. I'll go out. I'll party. I'll do all that. But I asked how many of you were looking for a boyfriend and they raised their hand, you know? And they're like, I'm just looking for a guy who's ready. They're looking for the same thing. If you as the listener aren't ready for that, that's cool. Go do what you're doing. But if you actually want to get the hot girl, whether you're 22 or 32, um, she's out there. She's looking. She's just wanting to be treated with respect. Well, define that because it's not just like open door, be nice, smile, don't lie, don't cheat on your girlfriend. It's like there's an element of having your shit together that most guys actively avoid. Yes. So it's like, Ask her out like somewhat in advance, Get, like 48 hours would be awesome. Okay. Just <laughs> make, a, make a plan. Don't wait for something better to come up. Honor the plan. Be on time. Communicate your feelings. Like don't be a weirdo disappearing person. Yeah, this is super basic stuff, right? Spend time with her. Make it clear that you have your life and she has hers and that you're going to sort of come up with a compromise and a blend. Don't be jealous and weird. Like <laughs> literally right. like, but I'm not kidding you. They're 21 years old. And they're like, that's all I want. Yeah. I mean, some of this is easier said than done. Like don't be jealous and weird is basically like saying manage all of your insecurities and the actions that result from them. Like it's easier said than done. It is easier said than done. But at the beginning, you were talking about like, what do you do if you want to change, right? Well, that's a great thing. You're 20 years old and you're like, oh my God, I have total insecurities. Why am I jealous? Right. Start working on that. It's like a window to like, I need to figure that out. Right. Which is why people are listening to this show, The Art of Charm in the first place, because that's what we focus on entirely. Yeah. So you're in the right spot. Exactly. Right. So you you have this cool list that, that we talked about a million years ago of like 10 things women wish you knew. I would love to go over some of that because I think it's kind of brilliant. So women 
wish that men knew that they actually want you to pursue them. I know that's so basic. Right, that is super basic. Well, people listening to this are, none of this might be like, a lot of this might not be super new to people who've been listening to Art of Charm because they're like, yeah, got it. But pursue them like, don't give up. Yes, show up at their house if they say no, right? And just sit on their porch in the rain. No, no don't do that. No, don't, no. Don't <laughs> do that. Do not baby. do that. But, um, but like I have a client and she met this guy and they went out on a date and she really likes him. And she also, you know, they just met and she has like an active life and whatever. So we asked her out for the next weekend. She's got plans. And she said like, oh my God, I had the best time. Like, could we meet up after I do this? Like we could have drinks. And he was like, it's too late. Anyway, and she was sort of like disappointed. And so what I mean by pursuing because he kind of was a baby about it, is the pursue like with respect, don't give up, be flexible, like let her know that you're really interested in and don't, don't give up. I mean, that's just so lame in a respectful and appropriate way, of course. Right. How do we know when we're supposed to and when we're not supposed to? The reason that a lot of men are confused is because women are kind of confusing when it comes to some of this stuff. They are so confusing, except if they've worked with me. Okay, so in that situation, how does how does he know? Because she was super direct. She was like, you know what? I really had such a great time on our date, and I really want to make time to see you this week. So here's two options. What do you think about what either of those work for you? So going back to the women's stuff, which I love because I get so many requests for it, this is about her being more direct. Yes. In a positive way. But the question that I get all the time is, is it unattractive for me to go and ask guys out? Is it unattractive for me to pursue men? And as a guy, I have to be kind of like, well, it's not ideal. It's not a, it's not unattractive, unattractive, but it's not ideal. And, and so the way that I think, and you're the expert on this, the way that I would like to think it should be done is I want it to feel like it's my idea. You're pulling the strings like master, puppet master behind the scenes, but I'm like, oh, I should really ask this girl out. Meanwhile, she's like freaking finally like dropping hints all day, but I think it's my idea. Yeah, no, totally. I I call it like throwing the softball, right? Yeah, yeah, coach's <laughs> Right, like, okay, I'm throwing it, just catch it. So in that situation, she did. She was like, so, you know, what about these two nights? What do you think could be cool, you know? And he was basically like, it's too late for me. And so, yeah, men really need to know that women really do want to be pursued. Um, you know what else is really cool? If men knew that we want you to be direct. Women want men to be direct. Yeah, we want men to be more direct. How are guys not that direct? Is it because we're afraid of rejection? So we're just kind of like, well, you know, it'd be cool if we like hung out sometime. Yes, totally. And here's the thing. I'm going to give men a lot of credit because like you said, women are so confusing. They're like, the gender role thing is so messed up right now. And Women are like kind of bossy, but then they are like pissed that you're like, a, you know, like a stalker, <laughs> you know, like you asked for like, they never asked me for my number. He's a stalker. He asked me for my number, you know, so I get that. Right. You guys are sitting here going, what the hell? Like, I'm supposed to be more direct and then I'm direct, but you know, that wasn't good somehow. And then I'm not direct. So now she's not helping me commit. And like people are both on both ends of this sabotaging their own interactions, right? Totally. It's a disaster. But it comes down to all of our insecurities, sort of bring it back to the pattern. Yeah. It comes down to our own patterns. Like, oh, I don't want to get rejected by this person, so I'm going to be really vague. Oh, well, he's not chasing me enough, so I need to make him earn it, and so I'm going to pull back. And then the guy goes, oh, I guess she's not interested. And there's just massive miscommunication, but then we end up going back into our pattern because the only thing that seems really natural to us is oh, well, she's insane and showed up at my apartment in a negligee while I was out of town. So that must mean she's interested. And then anything short of that, you're like, she's not into me, right? And by the way, that really happened to a friend of mine. I can't mention his name because people on the show have heard of this person. But this, <laughs> and I have to tell this, he shows up at a fundraiser for like a politician or something, talks to some girl for a few minutes, goes, can I get you a drink? She goes, I'll have some Cristal red flag immediately, right? Right. So he like ends the conversation and wanders away. He goes on a trip for four days. During the four days, apparently what had happened is that girl somehow found out who he was, found out where he lived, walked in, told the doorman she was his girlfriend, she needed to come by and do the laundry. Of course, the doorman's like super hot chick, says your, your, your girlfriend, I'm not gonna be like, no, get out of here. Let's her in for supposedly just a minute. She stays there for four days. 
eating his food, sleeping in his bed. He comes home exhausted from his trip, collapses on the couch like, oh, I'm so tired, looks up to his loft and boom, there's a girl standing there in a negligee that he met one time for five minutes last week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Send her my card. She needs my help. <laughs> I think she might be a little bit more, she needs to be in prison. Yeah, she's cray. Yeah, that's like next level crazy, but in that it's a funny story because it didn't happen to me. All right, back to the show. That pattern for her was somehow in her mind, she was able to rationalize all of that, wrap it up in a neat little bow. And, and we said, like, what did you do, first of all? And he's like, I, I just was like, get the hell out of my house. But what did she do? And he's like, she was surprised, right? She was actually surprised. She's like, I thought you'd be happy that I'm here doing this. And it's like, no, I don't know you, right? And this is just screw looseville, but people do things that are sort of lower on the crazy scale. And they're like, oh, I'm surprised I got that kind of reaction because it comes back to the pattern of conditioning. Well, you know, absolutely. And so there's that belief that that girl holds that like any guy just wants to have sex with anybody. Like, oh, I'd be happy to have a random naked girl in my house. No, not really. <laughs> so that was her view of her self-worth. So so that's a whole a whole thing. But I think the bottom line to really understand is that being direct on both ends is a perfectly okay expectation. And I mean that of like, you know, I'm really confused because you say you want to go out with me, but every time I ask you out, you're really busy. So I'm just curious, are you really actually looking for a relationship? And she's like, no, you, I just don't like you. And you're like, wah, wah, and you deal with it. <laughs> you deal with it because here's the thing. I don't believe like, this is silly, but so powerful. Nobody can make you quote unquote, feel rejected. Being rejected is a perception. All they're saying is I'm not interested in you. That doesn't mean you are a bad human. You are unworthy. You deserve no love. Like go crawl in a hole for the rest of your life. It's just someone saying you're not my guy. Yeah, that's fine. But it takes a while to get to the point where you're fine with that. Well, totally. But practice. <laughs> the more that you put yourself out there, and that's why women are just want to be asked out. They want men to make the effort. You know, and if you're just hiding and I'm afraid of being rejected, so what? Really, I promise you like 10 years from now, you're not going to remember like all the girls that said no to you. You might remember some that were quite painful or more funny or that whatever. in front of all your friends at school. Yeah. Not that that happened to me repeatedly in middle school. Go on. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, you move on. I had a woman once who was, um, this is the top 10% story. So she met a guy online. Um, they decided to meet up. Um, that was like on a Monday. And he said, we're going to meet at Saturday at this coffee shop. Well, she never heard from him to confirm ever. Um, and so she was like, well, I don't, I don't know if it's still on. Cause he said, I will text you later in the week to confirm Saturday afternoon comes and she gets a text from him and he's like, I'm here. Where are you? Oh, that's awful. It's like, hello, dude. Right. So she was like, Oh, I'm really so disappointed that we're not meeting, but I'm kind of at a place in my life where if a guy says he's going to call to confirm and he doesn't, I'm going to make the guess that he's not going to be there. So that's why I'm not anywhere near there. He wrote back and he was like, oh my God, thank you for being so honest. I'm totally an idiot. I should have done that. I suppose you probably don't want to meet me now. Um, but I would love to, if you're willing to give me another chance to meet you on like Monday at, at this time, I promise you'll be there and I'm going to impress you, you know? And she was like, okay. Right. And so they ended up dating for a little while, but she was direct. She didn't blow him off. She didn't, you know, she answered. She told him what he did wrong, so to speak. He fixed it. And there you go. And that's like what I mean by being direct. That's excellent. I wish that I had learned that when I was 20 or whatever, because I, I did so much of that crap in my 20s. Yes. And everybody, I feel like everybody, or not, maybe not everybody, so many people did. And people do it now. I know guys who are like 45 that, just got divorced and were in like real relationships for like a decade and they're doing it. And I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? Well, I think that men go through, I call it manvolution. Nice. You know, right? I so there's like, these, there. there's phases that I think you have to go through and women have to do it too. Like when a woman comes to me and she's been married for like 25 years and the first and only person she had sex with was her ex-husband. I'm like, you're not ready for a relationship. You kind of need to go have some fun. 
You know, you need to go get your girl on, even if you're 45 or 50. Um, and so I think that, you know, we all need to kind of evolve to that place where one of my male clients is like, you know, I just woke up one day with the um, girl with the double D's, you know, and he woke up and he's like, I think I've finally seen enough boobs. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've done it. Like, I'm just so what? They're, they all kind of look the same at this point. But he was like, I'm looking for a girlfriend. And uh, so we started dating seriously, you know, and, and he ended up in a relationship. And so I think that if you are in the I just need to see as many boobs as I can phase, that's okay. Just be honest about it and be a man about it. And if you're not, then just be stellar and you can be like somebody's rock star. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, pro tip for for guys out there, the, going back to your self-worth comment about the girl who showed up in the negligee and, you know, had that was her image of self-worth was that guys would automatically just go for that. One thing that I did before I started dating Jen, who I now live with, she's going to kill me, but she turned out to be the winner on this one. What happened was I was texting, we were texting and talking back on the iPhone, the voice thing. They used to have a separate app for that. Now it's built in. And I was like, oh, we should meet up. You know what? Why don't you pick me up from the airport? Bear in mind, we had never met at this point in real life because we met via Twitter randomly, blah, blah, blah. We had mutual friends. People who listen know the whole story. And she was like, what is wrong with you? I'm not doing that. And I was like, oh, good. You know, like when she said no, I was like, that's a really good sign. And my friend Ash, who actually told me to do that, who dates tons of crazy women and purposely does it because he likes it, because uh, he's in that phase of, of stupidity and his pattern, it, which he is well aware, comes from his parents. He was like, ask her to pick you up from the airport. If she says, yes, she's an idiot, you should definitely not date her because I know you. And he was totally right. She said no, because she has more sense than that. That was a really good sign. And I'd never thought about screening that out in the beginning with something really simple like that. Because somebody, and granted, not everybody who picks you up from the airport, blah, 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 There's there's context here. But you can screen for that sort of thing. You don't have to wait till they show up in your apartment, you know, after having broken in. Like, you don't have to wait till that point. You can start to screen for this stuff. The more you date, the more adept you get at spotting these things. Those Where there's smoke, there's fire, I think, is a, is a good rule when it comes to red flags, right? I totally agree. And, and I love that example because when I work with women, I teach them to be that, like, Jen. Jordan, I'd love to see you, but no. (laughs) Call me when you're back in town kind of a thing. Because women, so here's an inside tip uh, for the crazy women uh, that you don't want to date. They sort of have this belief that the more low maintenance they are, the more you're going to like them. What's really true is the opposite when you're looking for a real relationship is you want someone who has some boundaries, someone who's not going to like pick you up in the middle of the night, who's not going to answer your text at 2 a.m. when you're looking for that. And so... Once I sort of tell women that that's how you set yourself apart, you pass the screening. So I love that. It's definitely something I had never thought of. And it took my crazy friend. And he does like kind of the opposite to find the crazy chicks. In my opinion, it's kind of terrible. But I guess that's where those people are in their life and where he is. He will screen them in somehow by finding these weird quirks. And I used to think it was really weird. But then I realized that's his pattern. He's not like, doing it to victimize crazy. He's like doing it because that's what he's comfortable with. Everything else is unexciting for him and he doesn't want to break it. But he's getting to the point where if he wants a real relationship at any point, he's going to have to. Well, that's just it. And I fully tell women on behalf of your listeners, you know what? The player, the guy who does that, don't blame it on him. He has a nice little cave um, and there's a lion in there and and they like say, come on in. You walked in. Yeah. (laughs) You said yes. So men aren't jerks. Men aren't players. I mean, you know, if you fall for it, it's 50% your fault. So I get really like adamant about women who just blame men because I just think that's crap. It's just not true. I I mean, in some cases you can get manipulated by a sociopath, but I want to be clear because Ash does listen to the show sometimes. He's not a manipulative sociopath. The cards are on the table. Right. Right. This is a filter that is very, very transparent. And when you fit the square peg through the square hole, it's because you're a square peg, right? Exactly. And that's what I meant about be direct. Like, I actually also worked with um, young men um, giving some talks in fraternities um, down at USC and and around town. And uh, I just told them this one thing. I was like, I'll call you later doesn't mean goodbye. 
So just say goodbye. Don't say, I'll call you later. Just say goodbye, (laughs) right? Like be like direct about it. Don't plant the seed of like, yeah, you know, I don't want to make her feel bad. Just say that was awesome. See ya. Well, thank you very much, Monty. This has been super enlightening. I think there's a lot in here for people to reflect on, especially if you're one of those people who goes, oh yeah, I have that programming. Uh, Is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you want to lay out there? I really believe that as a as a man who's trying to date, you know, whatever it is, that I get it that women are frustrating. And so I completely feel you, you know, and you're like, oh. And so I just want to leave with that, like, ask for what you need. You know, like if you're in a relationship, you know, honey, like I feel like you got your man pants on and it's it's making me frustrated, you know, like. I need this from you. I need some more attention. If you're dating, you know, that you say, look, every time I ask you out, you're saying you're busy, but yet you say you want a relationship. So I'm confused. You know, like you say you want me to step up, but every time I suggest a restaurant, you criticize it. What's up? Like, I really encourage you to like man up, be direct and call women on their shit because that's where she's going to look at you and be like, you know what? He's a, he's a keeper. Or, or it screens out somebody who's not willing to step up to the plate. Exactly. Excellent. Thank you so much, Marnie. We will link to your stuff for the ladies in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for your time and for being so open with us. It was fun. Thanks, Jordan. Interesting show. Didn't know which direction this was going to go, and I won't lie. A lot of really powerful pattern spotting here. And of course, changing the direction of how you date or how you choose your relationships based on past performance and also conscious habit forming. So I hope you enjoyed that one. Show feedback and guest suggestions. I rely on you to give me some intros to good guests. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let me know, Jordan at theartofcharm.com. And if you enjoyed this, don't forget to thank Marnie on Twitter. We'll have that linked up in the show notes as well as all the other resources mentioned on the show. I also post tons of stuff on Twitter that never makes it to the show. Articles, insights, other crap like that at The Art of Charm on Twitter. That's at The Art of Charm on Twitter. Bootcamp details at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. And on the website, there's bonus episodes that never quite get into the feed for those of you who just can't get enough. I'd love a review, speaking of iTunes, from you guys. It not only makes me feel proud, it helps us outrank some of that other crap that's in iTunes, and it's the best way to support the show other than buying products and training from The Art of Charm. So go write something nice and give us a nice five-star review. Special thanks to the Jasons for their help in production of The Art of Charm podcast. And go ahead and tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 